Welcome to episode 299 of Crack the Customer Code. And Michael Myers is nowhere near this episode. We live in this amazing world, don't we, Adam? Uh, Amazing. (laughs) And I think what's happening right now is just the tip of the iceberg of all these cool things we're going to see around how people interact as customers, how they receive their goods, how they, uh, their buying patterns, all of that, because there are so many new ways to interact with customers. And just think like a year ago, two years ago, we were not talking to devices in our living room, asking them to order things for us. I was, they just weren't listening. (laughs) And now we've got Amazon Echo and Google Home, and I heard Microsoft's coming out with something. That's a totally new experience and channel, really, that we have to think about. Well, that's where it's really interesting, I think, is that, you know, we always talk about channels sort of like, okay, phone, face-to-face, you know, digital Mm -hmm. chat, uh, social. Now it's like all these little spur kind of channels, you know, like Amazon Echo and things like that, and to your point, and it's really... Uh, it's interesting from not only a customer experience standpoint, but from the operational delivery standpoint as well. So I think we should dig into all of it. Well, let's do it. What are your thoughts, Jeannie? And let's have, (laughs) I'm looking at the crystal ball of the future. And I think one of the things that if you, if you really kind of parse out all the different touch points that a customer might have, especially with a, an organization like an Amazon or, or a high tech company, I mean, we have to think about things like smartwatches, you know, like how do we how do we incorporate that? How do we allow choice for the customer so that they can say, I don't want the shipping notifications to go into my inbox because I never see them there. And I don't want you to text me. I want it to show up on my watch so I know that it, it was delivered. Like, how do we really look at, OK, what is the customer experience and how can we customize it and personalize it based on the devices that they use, based on the way they live? And Amazon lockers, I mean, we were just talking about this there. It's a great example of like, wow, that's thinking way outside the box. But and it doesn't seem high tech, but it's a choice. It's a way to personalize it's those very channels. high tech because it has to send a signal, you know, it has to receive and send signals back mm-hmm. to Amazon that things have been picked up, dropped, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, and this is where it gets really interesting because you're talking about which channel, which we always talk about. You know, every time we talk about channels, it's like, who's the channel for? How do you, how do you work mm-hmm. seamlessly across channels? But every time I order from Amazon, I get a pickup offer, right? You can pick up your package at... And it's really far away. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we're discussing, the whole reason I use Amazon is not to go somewhere. <laughs> I am not going to pick up anything. Yep. I mean, maybe if it was an emergency and I couldn't get it that day, or you know, something just way out mm-hmm. of the out of left field. But yeah, I mean, that's not the reason I use Amazon. However, that pickup right. spot is on the University of Central Florida campus, and I can see mm-hmm. how it could be very popular and very useful there for that demographic, for the students or teachers at that campus. Right. And there are lots of lockers, uh, Amazon locker locations in pretty urban areas. Like if the population is dense, then that might make more sense because you don't necessarily want the package left on a stoop or inside the lobby of a crowded apartment building or um, lots of reasons. And so 
the fact that they thought of that, the fact that they they probably used feedback that they were getting from customers, like, how can I arrange this so that my package doesn't get stolen? <laughs> and then they took that one step further, and now they're offering that keyless entry. I mean, that's a whole new ballgame. And so I think what's interesting about what they're doing in particular is that they are thinking about options in in ways that go way beyond the traditional thinking of, uh, to your point, like, okay, we've got telephone, we've got email, we've got this. It's like they're thinking way beyond that. And now all of us have to, because these devices and these different channels are becoming part of people's world. They're part of their ecosystem. So if you're not thinking about the smartwatch and you have notifications, it's time to start thinking. Right, and I mean, you're, you're, they're responding to the environment, right? They're responding to their customers' feedback, their customers' challenges, right? They're adapting the journey to the mm -hmm. problems with the journey. And the, one of the biggest problems is called porch pirates. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. The, the people that steal the boxes, that's, they're actually called porch pirates, right? And porch piracy is a big issue, Jeannie. It is. And I'm running on a platform of ending porch piracy for all. <laughs> uh oh. It sounds very big, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're responding to the pain points in their customer's journey and in their thing. And also, of course, and this is where, and I think we're going to have a separate episode at some point, we'll deal with the, um, the keyless entry and all of that because that's got a whole different mm -hmm. set of ramifications. But, you know, it's also money for them. Right? I mean, this, right. is, this is hurting their bottom line, not only from a standpoint of upset customers, from a standpoint of the loss itself. So it's just lose-lose when a package is stolen. Nothing nothing good comes mm -hmm. from it. So they are, to right. your point, thinking outside of the box. And now they're creating, if you look at it from an operational standpoint, I think that's where this gets interesting too. Now, Amazon obviously has the scale to do whatever it wants, <laughs> whenever it wants. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. You know, and, that, and that's... A uh, perk of being Amazon, I guess, for lack of a better way mm -hmm. to say it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, they're having now they have to manage all this right now. They have to not only manage it, create systems for it, but they have to integrate it into the rest of their customer's journey. That's right. And they thought about it. And I think other it's not just the Amazons of the world. I mean, I worked with a bank several years ago who they were having a little bit of an issue because they uh, they were in a pretty urban location and they were trying to appeal to a different type of customer. And so they were really working on uh, helping with more mortgages and that type of higher lending. But they had a group of customers who relied on them for cashing their Friday paycheck. And so Fridays became this mess at the at any branch in that area because there were lines of people and these, you know, folks just trying to get their paycheck in or cashed. And before they, um, and before they closed. They were very, right. And they were very reliable and loyal customers, but then they weren't necessarily the high net worth customers and all that. So what they did was they actually redesigned the branch specifically for this idea of we want to we want to make sure these people get their paycheck money quickly and efficiently. And we also want to make sure we have the time to spend with people who are in there with more complicated issues and the mortgages and the lending and all that. So they really thought about, okay, we've got these two groups of customers who have different needs for this specific channel that we have. And it was really clever, I thought, because they really did think about that in a different way. And that's not adding... Uh, technology per se, that's adding logistics to it and adding this personalization, which 
I think everybody needs to think in these terms now and really brainstorm about what could be the future of this. If we're talking to devices in our living room, we're checking our smartwatches and all of this, like how will that evolve? And I think the other part of this is that it's some of the basics and removing those friction points. So right now you can get food delivered and you can get dry cleaning delivered, but that's two different things. What if somebody put those together? And like there are services out there that will run your errands for you. But I'm thinking of like, hey, if you order on Uber Eats, what else can we get for you? <laughs> like, Because we're looking for that convenience and that seamless way of interacting with folks. And I think that there's just a world of potential around Right. This. And, you know, it's a little bit different than channels per se. But if you look at mm-hmm. sort of traditional brick and mortar and get outside of technology, you know, they've been doing sort of bringing uh and it ends up being a sort of de facto channel but they've been bringing other businesses within their businesses i mean if you go to walmart or target i mean they've got you know like lens crafters or whoever in there right they've got Mm -hmm. uh you can do your eyes in there now you can do health checks and a lot of these things you know uh uh, like walgreens has like a mini medic clinic in there uh and some of these in uh these cases are actually separate businesses uh, within Mm -hmm. the company you know within those stores so, it, you know, that's it's a little different than channels, but it's the same principle because in the end, Walgreens ends up being responsible for that customer experience. Right. If it's a right. bad customer right. experience, uh, you know, whose name's on the door and on the sign when you walk. Absolutely. I mean, it may say whatever mini med or whatever it is. And I've used one up before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're for most consumers, they're not going to understand that's different. Right. Right. Well, and it's like the people who. I mean, for years, Starbucks used to say like, well, the ones in the airports, we're not really responsible for. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And then they they finally kind of stepped up to that. And it's a it's a similar experience now in most places because they figured out like using the app is part of the experience. And if I can't use the app at the Starbucks at the airport, then what is the point? (laughs) Like just um, and I I bet the people who use the app the most, a a high percentage of them are the people that go to airports and want to use it. Yep. Yep. Hey, I mean, raising the, my the power hand. Users. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking uh, about one person in particular that I'm thinking of. <laughs> but it's just it's 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 something to really think about, not just for now, but for the future. And also, are you doing the most you can to really personalize these experiences and think beyond your own product? Think beyond what you're doing or delivering. Think, you know, about how can you incorporate other experiences that make sense, but you're the owner of that, to your point. Like, I'm going to walk away and think whatever happened is Starbucks, even if it's not technically. So it's a big topic. And I think that, you know, we've we've barely, I, I think our vacuums are going to start talking to us soon. <laughs> like, it's time to vacuum I, and just come out of the closet. And some of them do, right? The robots. But yeah, uh, your, your, yours are. I <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, this is an interesting, we're going to have to table this for a more in-depth discussion. I wonder if there is going to be an entire, like, sub-economy of non-smart things in five years. Because of the paranoia about yeah, smart I mean, things? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of privacy concerns now. I really mm-hmm. wonder if people, there's going to be an entire economy of, like, old microwaves and old cars. <laughs> and I think there will be. I really, yeah. I really I think this may deserve an episode. We'll have to do some research on it. That That's an interesting thought, but maybe, maybe. And that's personalizing right it for those paranoid customers, right? 
<laughs> they're not you're not paranoid if they're actually out to get you Jeannie. right, right. Uh, uh, we've gone off the rails now i know but it's interesting and i think that people could you know just start thinking the world's the oyster there's so much cool stuff happening okay we gotta leave with something better than that all right here's the thing think about the different channels you can use and here's the key though Think about what the ramifications are for your brand and your customer experience. And if it is within your own customer experience, if you own it, then can you operationalize it? Can you seamlessly integrate it into your experience so that it is a value add and not a value detract? Mm-hmm. There you go. Drop the mic. Dropping the mic. All right. <laughs> Take us away, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, check out C-Suite TV for in-depth interviews and business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. It's all on demand at csuitetv.com. And make sure that you learn more about Adam and his customer service trainings and workshops at customersthatstick.com. And make sure you check out Jeannie's course at LinkedIn Learning and also her blog at cxcontent.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.